Welcome to Corizant Technologies, home of the Digital Executive Podcast. Welcome to the Digital Executive. Today's guest is Brian Paulson. Brian Paulson is a retired technical executive at IBM. He was fortunate to be on the forefront of object-oriented technology much prior to C-sharp, C++, Java, etc. Brian led custom application development teams building solutions in the finance industry. His two passions were mentoring and finance. Brian now serves technical leaders to find that same balance in their lives. He applies the process he used to uncover the core values that are most fulfilling to leaders and their families. Well, good afternoon, Brian. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Brian, I love talking to colleagues in the tech space. You were a CTO. You've got a great background. So let's kind of get into that. You've had a great career in technology at IBM, serving as a CTO for them. And now you're running as a business consultant, helping other technology executives. Could you share with our audience how you decided on this transition? Certainly. Yeah, you know, for me, I had a lot of early success in my career. I was fortunate to be at an object-oriented technology before C-sharp, before C++, before Java came around. I actually started with a language called Smalltalk, which if anybody on this call is knows what that is, you're about one out of 10,000 people. When the internet started to boom, you know, we're, we're talking mid-90s when it really started taking off and everybody was trying to build websites. There just weren't any standards. It was the wild west of building large scale custom applications for the internet. I'm not talking about your mom and pop websites. We're talking the Fortune 500 finance, insurance and banking industry. And we needed some standards. I was fortunate enough to develop a solution that we use at IBM and use it across the world. And as a result, promotions came along, but so did a lot of demand on my time. I was horrible at saying no, and I was traveling all over the world to close deals to make sure they were staying on track. When I was 32, I have, at that point, I had a five-year-old son and a one-year-old son. You know, I was traveling all over the place and not really giving them the time I felt that they needed. And when I was home, I really was thinking about work. So at that point, I decided, all right, I need a 10-year plan. I love what I do, but I was out of sync with what was important to me beyond work. So I started putting together a plan to be able to leave IBM in 10 years and do my own thing. And through developing new skills, you know, I, I had to get some new certifications for what I do today. I had to put money away into after-tax dollars, into brokerage accounts, bank accounts, so I could survive while the company was starting up. But after 10 years, I was ready to go and walked out the door and have never looked back. And I've been super thankful for the opportunities I had at IBM, but at the same time, my goodness, it's been such a great blessing to, to do what I do today. That's amazing. Really like the story of, you know, you're a technology executive and busier than heck and making that transition into your own businesses. I, I, I just love those stories. So thanks for sharing, Brian. So Brian, as you know, everybody globally has made major shifts to adapt to this new normal, this pandemic, right? Could you just share with us what you're doing to adjust and stay relevant in this economy? Oh, absolutely. It, it definitely required a change for us. So, you know, my business consultancy is part looking at your finances, part trying to help you figure out what you need to do to start your company up and be most successful and really tying your goals for your family, occupation and finances to basically create the best return on your life. Well, you can imagine with that job, I'm working with folks, I tend to work with folks 45 and older through retirement. The reality is we needed a way to meet with people because a good number of our clients are highly sensitive to COVID. They're in that category that really shouldn't be going out. 
So we needed a way to meet with our clients that got the same experience as being in the office. So we had to start leveraging Zoom and that is easier said than done when you're dealing with folks that aren't always the most technologically savvy. We've had great success with it. The way we really positioned it, because you have to get over with any technology, you gotta get over that hump of somebody being willing to adopt it. I really positioned it as, think of this as today, if you're not able to come into the office and meet with me, you're probably not going to see your family, probably not going to see the grandkids, but you want to. How can we get you to adopt Zoom and go through that learning curve I basically pitched it as, you know, what better way to have Friday night dinner with your family and play uh, cards or dominoes with the kid, the grandkids and still engage with them. And we found great uptick. And we're, what I see is, I think like anything, you have, uh, you're, you get some challenge thrown at you like COVID-19. You do some things thinking that it's only short term and that it may be just temporary. But the reality is I've got clients now that you think about anybody that's a technical consultant. Do you really want to come into the office and meet with me? I know I didn't when I was in your shoes. So we can now meet on the fly and we've got older clients that, uh, you know, they snowbird. Now they're capable of meeting with us anytime, anywhere. So it's created a, a massive positive experience for our clients and for us. You know, as a, as a technologist, it just amazes me that it took us 25 years in COVID-19 for businesses to finally decide that, hey, you know what, this video conferencing thing actually is mature enough that we could use it. I love the story. Obviously, sometimes in, a, in every adversity, they say there lies a seed of equal or greater benefit. And I think the innovation part of COVID-19 has actually uh, been that silver lining, obviously, right? I appreciate you sharing that. And Brian, are you leveraging any new or emerging technologies or even just a really cool app you can share with our audience? You know, the things that we spend a lot of time on, I'm, you know, I'm the CTO for our firm as well. In my space, personal private data is everything. I am adopting everything and anything I can to improve the security of our system. You hear about companies that are adopting the cloud but still have servers on site. We're 100% cloud-based, and that creates some panic for people initially thinking that what happens if my network goes down? What if I can't access the internet? We've got this fantastic device called a cell phone that can be a hotspot, right? Our, our laptops act like dummy terminals. We have no servers on site. We've adopted every form of technology that you can think of to protect the environment. You know, the thing that I have seen in the security space that concerns me more from an end user standpoint, and, and we do spend time educating our clients on this, because uh, I want my clients to be just as secure as we are. I'm sure you've seen with last year with what the government required as far as phone marketing, they put some new rules out and all of a sudden you as a telemarketer had some serious restrictions. What I saw with that was an absolute uh, parabolic increase in the amount of vishing or smishing, whatever you want to call it, where you're sent, seeing SM, uh, you're seeing texts come to your phone that look absolutely legitimate. And so we have been spending a lot of time in that space, educating our employees employees, educating our clients so that they don't get taken advantage of. I think that's so relevant, especially since COVID, the security risks have gone up significantly and, and the different phishing and other types of scams and campaigns are almost out of control. So thanks for sharing, Brian. Brian, I'd like to ask, this is the last question here, and our global audience would like to learn a little bit more about you. So can you share something from your career experience that would be helpful for those looking to grow their career in technology or entrepreneurship? 
That is a good question. I think the thing that has benefited me the most, a couple of things. What helped me move up the ladder at IBM quicker than some of my peers, I actually don't have a technical degree. I have a marketing and management degree from the University of Missouri. I came out of college. I had all that math that I needed to be an engineer and Anderson Consulting hired me and said, we'll teach you the technology. The advantage that gave me was I feel like I could bridge the gap really well between business and IT. And I know that had an impact on me moving up the chain. So, and I encourage the people I mentored on this is I, I realize you love technology. You love whatever aspect you're doing of technology, but if you really want to help your career, focus on the soft skills. What can you do to make yourself a better listener and a better communicator? Always know your audience. I always would ask questions because I, it is a fine line when you're talking with a business person. You don't want to go in assuming they don't know anything about IT because they could be very savvy and you could alienate them. So I would go in and just ask a question. I'd be like, how technical can I talk to you? What level are you comfortable with? And that created the opportunity for them to you know, not be embarrassed about it. And then it gave me the right level to communicate. So I think those soft skills are something that our group of employees, the people that are in technology can benefit from tremendously. And, and the other thing that has always helped me is to continuously learn. I loved coding. I started out in coding, but I didn't allow myself to just get stuck there. I investigated and studied design and patterns and, and learned to love design, then learned to love architecture. Figure out what you love, what makes you get fired up, because that's the stuff that's going to help you have the longest career. And the reality is this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Thank you, Brian. I think that's an interesting perspective, and I certainly appreciate the insight on that, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners will as well. Brian, I just want to personally thank you. It was a pleasure having you on the show today, and I look forward to speaking with you real soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Brian. Bye for now. 